welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be hanging out with you. We're talking Senior Bowl reaction, we're getting into your voicemails, and a whole lot of fun. But before we jump into all of that, a reminder... You know, roses are red, violets are blue, but don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is coming. Like, like very soon. Very soon. You got to be prepared. And our sponsors at Manscaped are here to help you get the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This Valentine's Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming with our exclusive offer. So here's what you do. Go to manscaped.com and use my promo code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0, for 20% off and free shipping. Don't get yourself caught off guard for Valentine's Day. Nobody wants that. Nobody needs that. And and Manscaped has you covered. (laughs) So with that, let's hop into today's episode. Man, And you know what I think I'm going to call this? Not the same old Jets. And you're going to say, well, they haven't played. They were just a bad team this past year. What the hell are you talking about? Not the same old Jets. Well, did you follow anything about the Senior Bowl or this past offseason? Or this most recent offseason, I guess, that we're currently on. or Or not even technically in yet because the Super Bowl hasn't happened yet. So I want to start with the Ron Middleton video, actually. That got... A lot of views around on the internet, and for good reason. I think he's a future head coach. Um, He's a tight ends coach right now for the Jets. He was the head coach for the national team on the Senior Bowl. And I just love his energy. Phenomenal. Just loved his energy. He was all about it. He was riling up the the troops before the game. It was awesome. It was really cool to see. And what I liked was that he was obviously in charge and had had a, you know, ton of say for what was going on and we know how badly the Jets need a tight end and Trey McBride scores in the game it's just perfect perfection love it and all the rumors that I've heard and like shout out to all the Jets content guys that were down there loved getting the live updates it seems like people around the league are taking notice to the Jets plan it's not LOL, it's the same old Jets with Mike McCagnon, Todd Bowles, or Mike McCagnon, Adam Gase, and there's no direction. They're just spinning the wheels. They're not. There's no plan in place. They're kind of just going through the motions. Joe Douglas is well-respected around the NFL. Robert Sala is well-respected around the NFL, and they seem to realize that, hey, we have to make sure our 22-year-old young quarterback, Zach Wilson, has everything he needs to get better in this league. And I love hearing that. I love it because the mistakes the Jets made for, since I've been watching with their young quarterbacks is is crazy. With Chad, I mean, Chad kind of just got hurt. And he was fine, but it was the injuries with Chad Pennington. Not a whole lot you could do there. Mark Sanchez had a really good defense and had some playmakers, the best running game on offense. I thought there was a chance that he could develop into a pretty good game manager, and then in 2011, the Jets took away all his favorite targets. Jericho Cotri, Gonzo. Dustin Keller, shortly thereafter, Gonzo. Braylon Edwards, gone. LaDainian Tomlinson, only a two-year window, gone. Thomas Jones, gone. Alphanica, 
retires. And the more Rex got his hands on that that team and brought started to bring in his guys, the worse things got. Uh, and the worse the drafting got, unfortunately. And the the stupidity of the picks of Calvin Pryor in twenty fourteen and, and and stuff like that and D. Milner and Kyle Wilson and all the swings and misses. Just not very good. But this time around they have a plan. Mike McCagnum didn't even get to him yet. Sorry. Traded up to get Sam Darnold. Good. He was the seemingly the consensus number one quarterback in that draft class. And obviously it didn't work out. And he struggled like all hell in Carolina. And he very well could be broken, done out of the NFL. But still, the plan to help him was not there. Because... After drafting Sam Darnold, their next pick was a 55-year-old Nathan Shepard. Uh, and then in the next draft, you take Quinn Williams, fine. You take him at three. Then you take Ja'Kai Polite. The, the lack of offensive weapons or linemen or anything to help your young quarterback was just truly amazing. It's just not how you build a roster. And this go around, like I said, it, it feels like it's a little bit different. And I think the league is starting to realize, hey, you know, the Jets are building to something here. And I'm not saying that they're going to be the Cincinnati Bengals the next year and be in the Super Bowl. I think that's crazy expectations. But to say that they can't make a significant jump next year with all the draft capital, with all the salary space that they have, I think that's a little short-sighted, a little naive. It's not, you know, you don't have six-year rebuilds in the NFL anymore. It's not like, okay, we went from two wins to four wins. Now next year we're going to go to six wins. And then maybe in 2023 you get eight wins. And then maybe in 2024 you get 10. But sorry, you missed out on the playoffs. So 2025, you're God knows what of Joe Douglas and Robert Tala. Then maybe, yeah, there'll be a playoff team and they'll get up to 11 or 12 wins. It don't work that way, man. It just doesn't. The Bengals. Miami was a bottom feeder. Like, look in your own division, man. Buffalo, they turned it around pretty quickly. It helps when you have a good quarterback, but, like, I don't know. I think that's my biggest takeaway from this week is that it doesn't seem like it's the same old Jets. At least that's not what the the league is saying. They seem to, to be well-respected, which I like that. I'm all about the respect. I think they, they need it. And, uh, well, positive vibes on a Monday. Sounds pretty good to me. So that's my just little top of the show thoughts. Don't worry. We're going to get to your voicemails. Let's do that now. Let's take a look at these voicemails. Jonathan is calling in. He's calling in from New Mexico. Let's talk some Calvin Ridley. Hey, Matt. I'm calling because I've just finished watching the weekly show. And I, your take on trading and drafting a receiver in the top 40, I agree with the take. However, it reminded me of a conversation I had with somebody the other day. Okay. Um, so his take was we would trade a second and a fourth to get Ridley, and I really don't more than just a second. I see the value because obviously you're gonna have teams that are gonna try it in the late first round trying to get him, but I really don't want to spend more than a second round pick on Ridley. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts, but thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Listen, I would give up uh, either 35 or 38 for Calvin Ridley. 
Uh, I know that some don't want to, and okay, I, I understand that, and you want to draft somebody, okay. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Um, I would be willing to take that risk. I think he is already a, a proven player. It, again, it's if he's able to go or not. That That's your biggest risk there. And there is some risk with just about every receiver that you're trading for. Uh, maybe DK is maybe the most sure thing. Um, but I'm not opposed to giving up 35 or 38. I'm not giving up pick freaking 10 for Calvin Ridley, though. I can tell you that. Kevin from Long Island is up next. And thank you, Jonathan, from calling in. And uh, we're going to go NFL draft talk with Kevin. All right, let's do it, my friend. Hey, Matt. Kevin from Long Island. What's up, dude? Uh, just wanted to call in and give my two cents on kind of where I think uh, Joe Douglas should go in this draft. Uh, one, someone that, that went to Ohio State, I really, really want the Jets to draft Jeremy Ruckert. Uh, I think he'd be a great value in the third round if he okay. falls there. I know everyone loves Trey McBride, but I think Jeremy Ruckert really fits what this team um, really wants to do in terms of blocking and being able to go catch the football. I don't want to see the Jets draft um, Trey McBride too high. I think that there's so much more talent in areas that we need in terms of linebackers, safety, offensive line, edge rusher. I think that we should really use those top four picks we have um, to go in that direction. And I think that getting Rucker in that third round, if possible, would just be awesome for the Jets. Not being biased because I'm an Ohio State fan. But I think he'd be great for the Jets. I don't want to see us go and get, you know, any big tight end in the market. Um, I don't think it's worth it. I think we can allocate that money elsewhere. Just super excited to see where JD goes in the draft. We have some great selections. There's a lot of great talent and areas that we need. So I'm just super excited. I love the show. Um, and I'll be looking to hear uh, what you have to say. Thank you. Yeah, man. Appreciate you calling in. And the tight ends were definitely something that I wanted to keep an eye on this week. And boy, did we keep a big eye on it uh, at the Senior Bowl. I-, I love Trey McBride. He's my tight end one, but not too far behind him is Jeremy Ruckert. And that story would just be awesome. One, he's a Long Island kid, so I'm a little bit biased. I'm from Long Island. If you don't know, which I feel like I've talked about a bunch on the channel. Uh, he's from Lindenhurst, so that'd be sick. Uh, and he grew up a Jet fan. There's a million pictures of him in Jet stuff. It would be really cool. And, you know, depending on how the board breaks, there's a world where I would take him in the second round. Because McBride's rise, like, if he's not there at 35 and the Jets go, I don't know, let's pretend they go offensive line and wide receiver in the first round, then in the second round, I would go and this is with Trey McBride gone, I'd probably take an edge at 35 because there's going to be a pretty good one there. And then I would also take Jeremy Ruckert at 38. I don't think it's too early. I also like Jake Ferguson a lot too from Wisconsin. I know I've mentioned this before. I always go to call him Jason Ferguson, which if you're an OG uh, and you remember Jason Ferguson from the early 2000s, then there you go. Uh, let's go back to Mamoon from Houston. What do you got, my friend? Hey, Matt. It's Mamoon from Houston calling again. Uh, my question is about uh, wide receivers. Just wondering what you might think of this option. Um, I know some people want to trade for Calvin Ridley, and I get the concern there. You know, you know, he, he was struggling with the mental health and, and stuff like that. Uh, I was thinking 
a route Jets could go is they can get Allen Robinson for a little cheaper than he would have been last year. So what, like, what, 12, 14 mil on a one-year deal, maybe like a prove-it kind of deal, and he can kind of rehab his image and, um, you know, maybe he can get a large contract for him next year. But anyway, while the during the year that we have him for that year, maybe we can uh, maybe we can get Jameson Williams while he kind of slides down. So that year that we have Allen Robinson hopefully balling out, then Jameson will Jameson Williams will be ready next the year after that. Um, I think it's a pretty good idea. I mean, we don't have to spend too much. We get a vet, and then right after Allen Robinson, we get a guy coming in. I know they're not the same wide receiver kind of wide receiver, yeah. but. You know, it's it's not a bad way to go, in my opinion. You don't spend too much on the wide receiver. You get a vet, and you get a really good guy in the draft. Uh, let me know what you think. Thanks. I see where I definitely see where you're coming from. It's not something that I would really look to do. Um, I if I want to receive, if I'm drafting a receiver, I want him to be able to play <laughs> right away, uh, and not pretty much burn a burn a year on his rookie contract. Um, Allen Robinson scares me. Uh, his decline this year, I. I I don't think it was just bad quarterback play. Uh, there might be something more there. And who knows? Maybe he has a bounce back year, and I look foolish. But it's it's a risk that I'm not willing to take on both those guys with the with the injuries and the underperforming this past year with Allen Robinson. Again, I get it, but it's not the direction that I would go. I'd probably just prefer to grab whichever wide receiver you like the best at 10. Traylon Burks, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, any one of those three guys. Write it down on draft card, run it up to Roger Goodell, and, and you're on your merry way. I think that's probably your easiest bet at that point. But I I, I do hear where you're coming from. I just can't be sold on it, Mamoon. Uh, let's go, Joe Trumbull. What do you got, man? We're going to do some NFL draft? Okay, let's do it. Hey, Matt. It's Joe from Trumbull. Uh, I apologize. I've missed these last couple of weeks because I'm just really bad at remembering. without the Unacceptable. Cards. But uh, I'm going to talk <laughs> the draft a little bit. And uh, I'm going to make some kind of statement that there's really no back and forth as of now, but I want to start the backing as of this call. Okay. So I'm big uh, on college football. Uh, I'm a Hurricanes fan. Uh, I remember I first watched the Catholics versus Convicts 30 for 30, and I fell in love with them. Nice. So I keep up with college a lot, and because the Hurricanes aren't really great in recent memory, I like to extend it, you know, take a look at other teams, and... I like to watch them like underdog teams, teams that don't really have the same payroll or recruiting system. For example, this year I was obsessed with Coastal Carolina. And my point bringing to this is in the past, I've had like these weird feelings about guys. Last year it was Creed Humphrey. Obviously, I have no backing whatsoever, but with this guy, I want to start the backing. Before that, I was in love with Josh Allen. I know there were a lot of flaws, but at the time, you know, I kind of just saw his talent straight up. Didn't take into account his stats. I really think that's how every prospect should be evaluated. But getting on track, I fell in love this year with the tight end out of Coastal Carolina, Isaiah Lakeland. I have no clue why he's not the clear consensus tight end number one. I understand uh, he's a little bit older. He's a four-year senior there. And the guys like – I like Trey McBride. I think he's great. I think Kolar's great. There's a lot of guys that I understand why they're high. But Isaiah likely had 1,200 receiving yards this year and seven touchdowns, I believe. I don't understand why people aren't giving this guy the acclaim that Pitts was getting last year because I think he's an absolute monster. He has that weird, like, slot receiver size body type what plays tight end. I guess his blocking is a little bit subpar, but I mean, you, you can go. always bring in a guy to block. So I kind of want to get your thoughts on Isaiah Likely. 
And I want to push my narrative right now why not only is Isaiah Likely a sleeper, but why I think he will be the tight end one at the end of his rookie year. Thanks for taking my call, Matt. Have a good one. And like always, let's go Jets, baby. Yeah, uh, I think you, you kind of stole my thunder there with where I was going to go. As a receiver, I think he's really good. Same thing with uh, Weidermeyer. I think they both project well as receiving tight ends. I think that this system is going to value using the tight ends in blocking. And I know you could say, okay, well, if that's the case, then you could sign a really good blocking tight end, and there you go. I I don't see it. I think they're going to want somebody who could be like their George Kittle. And I know that's obviously that's a big ask because Kittle is probably the second best tight end in football or maybe number one, depending on who you ask. Um, but I think they want someone who could do a little bit of everything. I don't think they want to pigeonhole themselves into a, into a guy who's just going to be a receiving threat. And I agree with you. Likely he's a great receiver. I just don't know if he's a fit for the jets. He's going to get drafted in this. I'm going to guess late second, early third in that window, probably. Um, and you can he could put up numbers. I just don't, I don't know. I don't, I just don't see it right. Really for this team. Ben in New Jersey is up next. He wants to do some positivity. Okay. I like positivity. What's up, Matt? It's Ben from Jersey. What up, dude? So I was, um, just during the Rams 49ers game, I was talking with my buddy, Jeff from Jersey, who's a caller on this show. And we were just think, reminiscing on what, when the Jets were a good team and actually rooting for one of our teams in the playoffs, which obviously hasn't happened in 11 years. So I, and I really, but I really think that next year can be a team, not a team. Next year could be a year that we could actually root for our New York Jets in the postseason and why we will turn some heads this year. I hope so. So obviously this year wasn't as expected. Four and thirteen, fourth type of the third worst record in the league. But there's reason to believe there's reason for hope next year. We have a quarter a young quarterback who played great football at the end of the year. We have two good receivers in Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. We have a pretty solid offensive line compared to previous years. We still need some pieces, but that can be figured out. We have a good running back in Michael Carter. The defense needs work, but there are some building blocks such as Bryce Hall, Quinn and Williams, CJ Mosley still going to be around. John Franklin Myers is there. Carl Lawson coming back. And I really think that with the draft and with our um, draft and with our um, cap space, I think we can make a pretty solid roster that can compete, if not make the playoff. And I know I'm being a little optimistic. It's it's probably not going to happen that we make the playoffs, but just like watching the playoffs just got me excited and just made me like imagine what it would be like to go to a Jets playoff game, even if it's not a MetLife. And that's something I haven't seen in a long time. So I don't know. I'm I'm being optimistic. I think that if we build this roster the right way and if Wilson plays good football next year, that we will be on the couch or at um, a Jets playoff game I next hope. season. I think that 
there's a lot of hope for us this coming season. Um, let me know your thoughts. Do you think we can make the postseason next year? Because I feel like we can. Anything's possible. We saw the Bengals make the Super Bowl after winning four games last year. Let's do it. So, yeah, let me know. And as always, go Jets. <laughs> uh, I hope so. I haven't. I don't remember the Jets uh, playing a home playoff game. 2002 was the last time they played a home playoff game. I was seven years old, uh, and I really got into football the next year is when I start to remember things. I, I know bits and pieces. Like, I remember the the first football game I think I remember is the 2001 Super Bowl or 2001 season Super Bowl, I guess. Brady's first against the Rams. Um and then the Buccaneers Super Bowl was the next year, uh, and I liked that team. I had um, my dad's sister, so my aunt worked uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their stadium, which was pretty sick. Um, so I remember having like an attachment to that team when I was younger. Don't really care for him now, but different story. Um, anyway, back on topic here. That would be unbelievable if the Jets somehow got a home playoff game. They're not be, they're not winning the division, but even if they just got in, that'd be huge. The last time was 2010, and I was spoiled growing up. And if people are around my age watching this, or even a little bit older, spoiled from '98 AFC Championship game. Uh, obviously, 99, Vinny gets hurt. 2000, they were around 500. Uh, but then they made the playoffs in 01, 02, 04, 06. The Favre year in 08, that was still a good team. It didn't end well, but it was still a good team. 9, 10, and even for most of 2011. So for really the first 16 years of my life, the Jets were in the playoffs every other year. They were you know, a very a relevant team, but they haven't been relevant in a decade outside of a 10-6 season with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brandon Marshall, and Eric Decker uh, that ended very badly, which I'm sure everyone watching this remembers. Ben, I hope you're right. I hope they give us some fun like that. That would be insane. Shane in New Jersey. Okay, what are we going to talk about, Shane? Trading back. Hey. Matt O'Leary, how are we doing today? Shane from Jersey giving you a call. Uh, my kind of question for you today, and, and we're a take, uh, is kind of just with that 10th pick, I've been hearing like a lot of trade backs and stuff and like how far would we go. And even with the Senior Bowl stuff, now kind of everyone hyping up Trey McBride that we might even, he might be a late first. Um, I've seen a lot of mocks too uh, from people calling your show and stuff about like maybe moving back a, a few picks. But I was thinking kind of like, what if we did something that the Giants did, like go kind of kind of far back, like almost into the early to late 20s, where, yeah, you know, you might lose on some some of the more top talent. But as we keep seeing about this draft and keep hearing about, that it's really, you know, deep and full in like the mid-rounds where like those those two and three, those second and third rounds. So I wouldn't mind they could trade back from 10 to, you know, the early to mid-20s and maybe pick up a first-round pick for next year or even, you know, two seconds the second and the third for this year. And I still feel like, you know, maybe that's where we snag McBride. If we have to do it, so be it. We just need playmakers on this team. Or if not, you know, maybe a linebacker falls, another interior old lineman, a linebacker, uh, a corner. I just feel like this draft is so deep, that would be a good move for us. Um, uh, you know, even taking Hamilton at 10, too, that'd be, that'd be cool and all. But I kind of just wanted to know your take about 
maybe that a little deeper of a trade back, maybe not with like the Ravens or the Vikings in that 12 to 15 range, but maybe like Cowboys, Chargers, something like that, like a little bit deeper going into the 20s and stuff. Where your head's at with that, if you'd like it or not, and then you know taking the ride there and seeing. Also curious about the whole double dip in the tight end, maybe taking mm. Buckard a little later if you would like that. Uh, and then my last question is Tyron Matthew, if he's a free agent, uh, would you spend a little extra coin to bring him? I think he'd be an awesome safety and an awesome guy to have on the team. Yeah, man, that's about it. Rock on. Go Jets. Love the show. Be good, brother. Thank you, as always, my friend. Uh, lot to unpack here in this voicemail. Uh, I think I would move down to about 20 as my limit. I don't want to go too much further down uh, at that spot, but double dipping at tight ends is on the table for me. If you don't sign one in free agency, I would prefer my preferred plan would be sign one and draft one. I don't want to necessarily have to spend two on the position, but if you do, okay. Uh, I like Ruckert a lot. If they were, if they came away with both, it would be like it would be like 2010 Patriots, and hopefully without, you know, what what unfolded with the second guy drafted um, after that. But uh, yeah, and the last point, sorry, it was Tyron Matthew. I think he's on the table. It would cost him a, a nice amount of money, but uh, when we have money to spend. Uh, I he's not my preference. I'd probably go. Uh, Marcus Williams one and then Bates two for a safety, but the honey badger adding some veteran presence in here. Don't hate that either, man. I don't, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to go. Uh, if it comes down to it, where going back to the draft for a second, if the jets had to trade up back into the first round to get McBride, I would probably rather just sit there and draft Ruckert at 35 or 38. If that's how it fell. If you're unable to get McBride at 35, then that's the way to go. If he's there for you at 35, then there's your answer. <laughs> Thank you, Shane. As always, let's do Tyreek. He wants to do some wide receiver talk. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, I don't know if you can hear me. How you doing, Matt? Um, it's me, Tyreek, calling out of Staten Island. And I think I called before, maybe once or twice. And I just want to, you know, leave a message again stating that Zach Wilson, they need to put more weapons around the receiver. I'm a receiver guy since the Ken O'Brien days in the 80s. We need to throw the ball more, stretch the field, our receivers, and we need a better secondary. I did not understand. You know, we both Muslims. You know, he's Muslim. I'm Muslim too. I'm not liking to him. But we have to get more weapons around Zach, sign some guys, and get a veteran secondary and like the rookie. I don't like... Bryce Hall is okay, but I don't think he should be a start. I think he should, you know, maybe maybe he could be a slot. We need some veteran um, help, and um, that's all. We need some veteran help. I didn't understand why. We don't need to score more points. And I've been saying this before and on Facebook and now. We need to score more points, stay on the field, the formers make the playoffs, and hopefully we can go to a championship. You know, Addy, they don't have the best weapons in the world. You know, Chase is good, man. You know, the guy's a, he's a, he's a monster, but, you know, defense wins championship, but the obvious got to score. We have to stay on the field and we have to, you know, edge and, you know, get break on the ball. We need INTs. You know, don't draft another safety. We need a receiver and more around a Davis. I don't know what they're going to do with Keelan Cole. He's gone. And number 10. 
um, whatever his name is, Barros, whatever his name is, but we need Barrios. fear and stress for fear. And I'm going to call back again. I'll okay. probably say the same thing again, but I'm going to hopefully you'll hear my out there. We need to stand for We need to show we can't beat the Bills in New England by scoring 15 points and 20 points a game. And we have a tough schedule. I like Zach. As long as he can run and throw the ball, we need to win more important games. It's unacceptable. I hate it. That's a good way to end it because you're right. They have to start winning against their division. They've been embarrassingly bad against their division for a very, very, very long time. Really bad. Uh, unacceptable levels of bad, actually. Um, okay, a couple of things. I agree. I think you have to take a receiver early in this draft uh, if you don't get one in for free agency or trade. I would like to add a veteran to the cornerback room, but I, I'm much higher on Bryce Hall than you are, I think. I'm fine with him starting on the outside. Michael Carter the second. I'm good with him starting in the slot. Brandon Eccles I like as a rotating in kind of guy. But I, I do think they need to add a veteran to that room. Uh, Joe Hayden is someone I brought up a lot who I think would make sense for this team. Um, and, yeah, I think they need to add some veterans. Um, it's a must for me. It's definitely a must. All right, Carson calling in next. He wants to do the draft. Okay, let's do it. Hi, my name is Carson. I'm from Center Reach, New York. I called him before with another voicemail, but I made a mistake on uh, on one of the things I wanted to say. Um uh, I wanted to talk about the offensive line uh, and two draft positional needs. Um, I think the offensive line um, doesn't need as much as, a, as as it's not as much as the need as people say it is. I think the the kid from um, the Bears, uh, Daniels, the right guard. I think you could see him come here for three years for you know twenty seven million dollars. Okay, um, I think that's fair. Uh, Nine million dollars a year. You cut Van Roten, so it's really you know whatever it is five point five million dollars a year for. Daniels, if you look at it from that aspect, um, two draft things I'd like to say, um, like I, that I said in my other uh, voicemail, was um, Kyle Hamilton, the kid from Notre Dame. I know you don't like him uh, in terms of positional need for the Jets, um, but it is a positional need. Uh, I think Kyle Hamilton could do everything and then some. I think he's Ed Reed 2.0 um, in terms of versatility, uh, being able to play inside the box and blitz covering the tight end and the running backs out of the back, out of the backfield and, and in the flats, uh, the tight end coming across. We haven't been able to cover the tight end in, I, I can't even tell you how long <laughs> my lifetime. Uh, so um, since Calvin Pace, uh, if I dare say it, you know that. Um, and the other player uh, I'd like, and his comparable, Kyle Hamilton's comparable, is uh, Justin Simmons out in Denver. Uh, they do the same thing with him um, as to what Robert Sala did with Jimmy Ward in San Francisco, and that's, use his safety and move him all over the field. So I think that's – Kyle Hamilton is more of a viable option, feasible option than, than it's being reported right now. And we'll see that in the draft process uh, with uh, going to his pro day and his combine numbers. The other one, quickly, is this kid looks like a stud. Uh, we, run a, we run a 4-3 defense, and Stahl loves his linebackers, and that's uh, Devin Wood. Uh, oh, yeah. The kid, oh, um, he could cover, like I said, with Hamilton running backs and tight ends. Um, all over the field. Uh, he's a great blitzer. And you saw, I believe, he had eight and a half sacks or nine sacks. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and I think that's an area we should go. So let me know, and I'll fulfill it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I think that Lloyd is a home run at the linebacker position. I agree with you there. The only thing that I will say about um, Kyle Hamilton 
it, it goes back to what I believe the Jets' philosophy is on the defensive side of the ball, and I just think that their preference is pass rush. That's that's where my that's where my stance stems from. Um, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong with that, but I just don't I don't see this staff making that play. I don't. I think they'd rather sign someone in free agency and take a mid round swing and fill out their defense like they did last year uh, through the draft in the in the later rounds. Again, we'll see there, though. Uh, George in Long Island is up next. Okay, let's do it, George. What's up, Matt? George from Long Island. A couple things I wanted to say. I mean, one, I I really want to trade McBride, and I I don't want it it. in the first round, though. I really don't. I I think it's important, but I I think there is a lot of depth in the tight end room. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, why is John Mechie not getting enough attention, really? I kind of think this guy is, his game is pretty similar to Elijah Moore, and I, I do think that Mike LaFleur likes those kind of receivers that break away from the corner and all. So I think uh, he should definitely get some attention as well. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Yeah, I he is a little bit underrated. Um, I think he's probably going to go in the second round. If the Jets were to wait uh, and take a receiver later, maybe they do that. Um yeah, I don't I don't put him in like probably my top four or five receivers in that range, but is he in that next batch? Probably. And I mean it happens every year. Good receivers are available in the second round. Uh it's not always easy to find the right one. Just ask uh well the Jets, but it's it's possible. And I think Mitchie's a good player. I think he's, you know, gonna make some team very happy in the second round. Uh, I'd be surprised if he's a late first. I have seen some mocks with him in the late first, but I don't see it. I think he's a second round player. We're going to close out with Vinny and Merrick. All right, Vin, we're going to talk some running backs. Let's do it, man. Hey, Matt, it's Vinny from Merrick, V-I-N-N-I-E. I don't want to see you put a Y up. Okay. <laughs> no Y. Uh, so I'm just thinking about the, uh, Jeff, a lot of people I was going running back late, maybe third round, the fourth round, or even a little later. Well, I'm honestly pretty happy with what we have so far. I like the way if we re-sign Kevin Coleman, I'm really cool with that. I'm happy with how Ty Johnson played. He's a speed guy. He's not the best. But I think our running back core honestly wasn't that bad to use a draft pick. Even if you want to not re-sign Coleman, I'd be okay with bringing in like a veteran from free agency, someone maybe like a Ronald Jones or maybe even uh, like a Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown is a power back. Okay. I want to know what you're looking for in when we sign or draft a running back. Are you looking for someone that's elusive? Are you looking for a power back that's going to put their head down on the goal line? Bingo. I just want to see what you're looking for, and uh, go Jess. Power back. Michael Carter, I think, is great at what he does. I love him as a, you know, as a 1A, 1B kind of guy. But I think if you add that complimentary power back, that's really good. And Tevin Coleman impressed me, man. I would be okay with bringing him back. Or like another guy that you just mentioned. If you you know, you know find a relatively cheap option in free agency and then draft a bigger body running back, a, a Robinson, a Haskins, something like that, I think, that's, I think that's your plan, man. That's what they're really lacking is someone who could pick up that tough yardage. Josh Adams would have probably been nice to keep around on the roster, but that's a conversation for another day. So that's it for me on episode 103 of Just Jets. Thank you to the sponsor for Manscaped. As always, check out their stuff and subscribe here if you are new. I'm Matt O'Leary, and I'll talk to you next time.